Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're going to fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're going to stand, we stand as giants. If we're going to walk, we walk as lions. Good morning, good morning. It's Friday, the 11th of November, and because it's the 11th of November, it's Veterans Day. So uh, let's be acknowledging with deepest gratitude and humility the sacrifice and service of so many to uh, this nation over the course of years. So thank you for each and every person who has served and each and every family who is a military family here in the United States of America. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Now, it is tempting It is so tempting to imagine that this verse applies to um, whatever it is that's ahead of us today. But this verse has a very, very specific context. And the context of, uh, of this verse is chapter 31 of the book of Deuteronomy. So the speaker is Moses. Moses is, in this account, 120 years old. How do we know that? Because that's what he says at the beginning of the passage. So he's 120 years old. He knew the Lord had revealed to him that he was not going to cross over the Jordan River into the promised land. Um, Now, it's not because he was physically unfit or unable to do so. I mean, we know that because a short time after this, he's going to climb to the top of a mountain. But God had revealed to Moses that he would not be the leader. He would not be the one to lead God's people into the promised land. That would be Joshua. And so there's going to be... personal words to Joshua here in just a moment in Deuteronomy 31. But these opening verses uh, are an address to the entirety of God's people. So verse 6 is part of the charge that Moses is issuing to the people of God who will cross over into the promised land. So here's the context. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you, He will destroy those nations before you, and you shall uh, dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said, and the Lord will do to them as he did to Shihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites in their land. He destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you, which, by the way, um, is utter annihilation of a people group. Be strong and of good courage. So here's the, the verse of the day. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. So to be perfectly clear, to be perfectly clear, please do not imagine that today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day um, 
can be lifted out of its context. It, we cannot imagine that it means something that the author, God, nor the speaker, Moses, intended. So when Moses encourages Joshua and the people of Israel to, quote, be strong and courageous, it's because he knows they're about to face the kind of opposition that leads people to fear and panic. I mean, he says don't fear and don't panic because he knows they're about to enter into an experience where people are prone to fear and panic. They are headed into war, all-out war. The Lord goes before them um, to utterly annihilate another people group. There's There are people in the promised land when... Um, when God's people are sent across the Jordan to, quote-unquote, dispossess them. So what follows is a direct charge to Joshua, um, to whom Moses is going to pass the mantle of leadership. So again, reading verse 6 in context, let's read verses 7 and 8. Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and of good courage. It sounds familiar, right? That's what verse 6 says when he's saying it to all the people. But here he's saying it directly to Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. You must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give to them. You shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So do not fear. Do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. So these verses give us um, a window into godly leadership. I mean, Moses um, had led the people of God for 40 years at this point. He now passes the mantle of leadership to Joshua. He does so in front of all of the people. He encourages Joshua in front of the gathered community, um, and he also charges them all to be strong and courageous because he knows that they're going to need courage and strength for what lies ahead. Yes, God is going to go with them, ahead of them. God's not going to abandon them. God's not going to forsake them. But why does Moses have to say that out loud? Not only to the people, but to Joshua. Because there are going to be times that it's going to feel like that's a possibility, that maybe they have been abandoned or forsaken. So God's plans are clear. There's a clear path marked out for God's people to follow. It's evident to everyone. But walking by faith into that future is going to be opposed by many. Being with God does not mean we're not going to face opposition, that we're not going to face challenges. It's never meant a path that is wide and flat and easy. The way of God is always, has always been, will always be narrow and uphill and opposed from all sides. But don't, don't fear. Don't be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. God's with his people, going before them, leading them through his chosen agents like Moses and Joshua, providing for their needs in ways they could not begin to imagine. So what lies before you today on the path that you know God has marked out for you? Who are the companions that God has called you to walk with as you walk by faith? Be strong and courageous, my friends. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God, the one who goes before you, he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. During the battles that lie on the other side of whatever river it is that you are now called to forge. Let those who have ears today hear. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio.
Joining us now, Steve West. He's the editor of the Liberties Roundup at World Magazine. You can find what we're talking about today at World News Group, WNG.org. Steve, welcome back. Thank you, Carmen. All right. So I found myself a little a little bit dismayed this morning um, reading a headline uh, that included this, the United, uh, the Miss United States of America uh, LLC, although she cannot be forced to include biological men who identify as trans uh, women, um, has in fact awarded a biological male um, in a beauty contest in the greater Deary, Dairy um, pageant. Um, and the picture, I got to tell you, is disturbing on the face of it. Um, talk with us, though, about the fact that pageants do not have to go this way. What has a court decided in terms of having women only in beauty pageants? Well, in this particular beauty pageant, and this is not the one maybe that some of us knew growing up, you know, Miss, Miss America pageant or whatever, but this is the Miss, like you say, the Miss United States of America pageant. It originates in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is a pageant run by a woman named Tennis Smith, and Smith uh, has a rule in her pageant that uh, you, you have to be a natural-born female, and this was challenged by a man who identifies with a woman, a transgender uh, woman, who says, uh, who filed a uh, lawsuit in 2019 over this particular rule because this um, this man who identifies as a woman was not allowed to participate in the pageant. And last, uh, well, last week, a week ago, the federal appellate court, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, disagreed uh, with a lower court ruling. And in that majority opinion, the judge said that they can't be forced to accept a transgender contestant. So upheld this natural born female rule, which of course, to all of us makes imminent sense. Uh, men don't participate in women's pageants. But like you say, of course, it has happened. And it is uh, shocking to see that happen. So, you know, that that just is a comment on some of these public um what they call public accommodation rules or non-gender, uh, non, non-discrimination non rules that are very broadly interpreted nowadays. They typically bar discrimination based on sexual orientation. And so those rules are being used as sort of the crowbar to get, you know, to have men participate in, you know, women's uh, events like this or, or again, in another case indicates this in, in women's locker rooms or bathrooms, all of that, because of these broadly interpreted public accommodation rules. So this is just one outgrowth of that. Uh, it's probably not the end of it all, uh, but at least here is a ruling from a federal appeals court that upheld a natural-born female rule for a contest. So that's good news. So there's now, um, you know, there is now a way for organizations like, uh, let's say, the Miss America pageant organization um, or the Miss United States of America pageant organization or any other pageant organization um, that wants to continue to support women. These are scholarship. I mean, the whole point of these pageants, I mean, ultimately is scholarship money. And so we now have um, biological men taking scholarship money away from the women for whom these these tracks toward 
getting scholarship money were created. And so, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a big pageant fan anyway. So, I mean, it's not like I want to defend like the pageant industry. But I also recognize that, you know, there's an opportunity here for women to develop poise and communication skills and um, build social networks. And I mean, on and on and on there, there, there is, there is some value to all of it, uh, particularly for, you know, for women where there have been other things that have been exclusively designed for men on, in terms of scholarship tracks. And so it's just as a woman who would have never won a beauty pageant like that. I, I just would have never won a beauty pageant. I, I don't mind telling you that I would have never entered one, but I also would have never won. I mean, part of that is I don't like to enter stuff. I'm not going to win because I'm fiercely competitive and I don't like to lose. And I would have lost because I'm not shaped like a beauty pageant contestant. I don't, I don't even like to walk around in high heel shoes and I don't like to wear short dresses. And I, I, that's just not my gig, but I'm disturbed by the fact that not only is a biological male parading around as if he is a woman, but I don't mind telling you, Steve, this, this person that won this contest is not beautiful. There's not, this is not the ideal vision of American womanhood, which is what this contestant was designed to celebrate and express the quote, ideal vision of American womanhood. So I know you didn't come on today to talk with me about beauty or the ideal vision of American womanhood. Um, but for me, it, it, it's, it's, it's so contrary to just basic fairness in terms of competition. We wouldn't let a person win an award for hitting the most balls out of the park if they couldn't even swing a bat. And so why would we let a person who is contrary in every way to what we would historically and even in contemporary terms call beautiful, let this person parade around as if they are the most beautiful of these women who were in this pageant. So there you go. There's Carmen's. Yeah. That's my. Yeah, we shake our head. Yeah, that's that's my grievance of the day. Yes. And, you know, we shake our heads when we see these things and they actually have, you know, this, this case has gone on for five years and taken court time Amazing. and ended up in a federal appeals court over something that most of us would say, this doesn't. But I think one of the things we can remember here is that this not only is about a beauty passion, but this rule uh, that has been upheld, it, ha- it sort of has larger ramifications. So when you think of, uh, you think of athletic sports, you get other women's only kinds of things that, you know, this perhaps will permit uh, lawyers to argue that this is a precedent for, you know, upholding, you know, other female only spaces, you know, that belong, have belonged historically to them, like pageants uh, or female athletic sports. Um, and this is an opportunity, it really is an opportunity to empower and celebrate women. You know, so this is this is men coming in and you know taking over these particular realms. So this is a good decision. All right, if I were um, Travis Allen and I were um, the middle and high school coach in um, uh, in a community in Vermont, and I had said what I just said about men acting as if they are women, I would have been suspended without pay. From my job 
in defense of my own 14-year-old daughter who said she was uncomfortable that there was a 14-year-old boy changing in the locker room. That story up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, we're continuing our conversation with Steve West from World News Group's Liberty's Roundup. You can find what we're talking about and sign up for the Liberty's Roundup at WNG. That sounds for World News Group, WNG.org. All right, read us in on this coach and this daughter. Um, I mean, again, I'm exasperated. I don't even hardly know what to say. So help me out. Well, it's just it's just upside down is what it is. And uh, so this is a a 14-year-old freshman at Randolph Union High School. This is in uh, Vermont School District, and her name is Blake Allen. And so Blake Allen plays on a volleyball team uh, with some other girls, and there is a boy who identifies as a female on that volleyball team. All well and good so far uh, for the team. They're not. They don't have a problem with that. But the boy wants to change clothes and watch others change clothes in the girls' locker room. And so. Um, the girls are very uncomfortable with this, as you might imagine. And uh, they ask him not to do that. And uh, he still stays in there and watches them undress. And so the girl complains later to her classmates that, hey, this this guy, this is a dude. This is actually a dude. That's exactly what she says. And this makes me uncomfortable. And so one of them reported her uh, to one of the school administrators. And she was um, she was disciplined for that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the mother of the boy who identifies as the girl, the transgender, uh, she gets on Facebook and really goes off on this. And so the girl, Blake Allen's dad, Travis Allen, responds to that and says, you know, this is just not right, basically, that um, that um, this, this boy is allowed to be in the girl's locker room. He's suspended without pay. Uh, and apparently they cite a Vermont uh, Department of Agency of Education rule that transgender students may use bathrooms and locker rooms for whatever gender they identify with. And of course, the, the wording now is that when this, when you say anything like this, that you're misgendering uh, this person. And so that's what that was the response, uh, you know, of them to um, Blake, the, to the the daughter and the father. You know, Blake herself said, he was born a boy. I don't care if he's any on my team. He can join any team. I don't care. But when I'm undressing and there's a male in the girls' locker room or in the bathroom with me, I feel very uncomfortable. Who who among us as parents would not identify with this particular statement? So in any event, they have um, brought a lawsuit over this uh, disciplining and suspension to try to bring this issue to a resolution. Well, and to be clear, um, the the person at issue here, this um, 14-year-old individual 
who is biologically male um, and presents as female has a has a parent who whom you quote here um, uh, from a from an interview that was posted by the Daily Signal. Um, the mother of this uh, of this child um, says, I mean, this is an interesting sentence to me because Steve, it gets to the question of what is the truth. This mother says, the truth of the matter is these kids were doing fine until some parents found out there is a girl on the team who was assumed male at birth and is in the process of correcting that mistake with the help of the um, UVM, which I assume is like the University of Vermont Medical Youth Gender Clinic. So, right. I, I, the truth of the matter is that sentence I find so offensive because the truth of the matter is there is a biological boy presenting as female, um, breeding not only confusion, but apparently we have a parent in the process of allowing that child to make irreversible decisions about his body that are going to result in him not growing into the man God designed him to be. Like, the whole thing makes me so upset. Yeah, it's just it's just nonsensical. I mean, here here is, um, you know, bio, biology rules in a sense here, because that is the truth. This is a this is a male born as a male, you know, presents as a male at birth. And there was no mistake made about that. Uh, that's the truth. As he's grown older, he's decided that he's a female. And here, to add offense to that, um, the the mother is adopting this same uh, attitude. Just because he says that he is, he is. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense. But we see that that quite a bit now. Yeah, and, um, you know, Steve and I both want you to hear us. We're not talking about not loving children um, with all of the questions that they have as they mature. We are talking, however, about speaking truth to them and parenting them in ways um, that honor God. And so we know it's hard. We know it's difficult. If you're a family that is that is facing these kinds of conversations, um, you know, we want you to have access to the kinds of resources um, that, that you need. Um, but just buying into the delusion of a child is is not is not going to help them, and it's not ultimately going to help you um, either. Steve, um, as always, thank you so much. You guys can read the entire Liberties Roundup um, and things that Steve's working on and reporting on at World News Group, WNG.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. A reminder that today is Veterans Day. Again, thank you to each and every one of you who has served um, in the armed forces and for families who um, who have military veterans as well. Regional observances and events um, set across the country today, paying tribute to the millions of our American heroes. So yesterday I, uh, I saw a guy in uniform. He was walking into, um, we call it the twice daily. I don't know. It's a... It's a place where you get gas here and has snacks. And uh, and I was pumping my gas, and he 
you know, left his vehicle to go inside for a moment and he's in uniform. And I, you know, I just said, thank you. Um, and he, you know, smiled, nod back, said, you're welcome. And then I thought, you know what, I've got a Starbucks gift card that I haven't used in my, in my, you know, little console. So I dug it out and I stuck it under his windshield wiper before he came back out and I drove away. And I just thought to myself, you know, there's probably ways that we could quietly bless and thank military veterans and their families today um, in ways that don't include the waving of flags and parades because it might be pouring down rain where you live and so your Veterans Day activities might be a little bit disrupted by that or it might be really, really cold outside or whatever. So um, think about quiet ways that you can honor and love and bless. Um, I do know that entry to all U.S. national parks is free today. Um, So that might be a way that you want to, um, you know, thank God and and honor those who have uh, who have served so valiantly. Find a way today. Find a way to say thank you. Um, and yeah, I just uh, encourage you to do that. All right. Um, we're going to talk with Chris Martin about all things going on in the, you know, the world of the internets. We're going to talk about YouTube. We're going to talk about Twitter. Um, yeah, maybe you don't know this, but, you know, after Elon Musk bought Twitter, he then fired a bunch of people and then a, a bunch of additional people have quit. And yeah, it's a little bit of chaos going on over there. So I don't know. Do we care? This is a part of the challenge, right? How could we care about so many things? And mm-hmm, what's going on? What's going on in the world that you care about today? You can always text me 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Joining us now, Chris Martin, who has been a regular guest on the morning show for eight years now, which I find nearly impossible because he's not old enough to have been doing anything for eight years, but apparently he is. Chris, good morning. Welcome back. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Glad to uh, glad to be back. And yeah, hey, it, so- it is true. I, I went back and looked this morning. My It was, it was like this week, 2014, when I started uh, coming on here every once in a while. So yeah, it's been fun. Congratulations. And how is that possible? Because I think that millennials are not old enough to have been doing anything for eight years. And yet you're testifying to the fact that I'm old. I must be old. If it's, if, mm-hmm. I, it's making me feel old. So I yeah, I mean, I was I was t- barely 24 when I started coming on here. So, uh, yeah, I was writing about millennials and how they how they uh live the Christian life back then. And that's what I was usually talking about. And slowly over time, I've hung out with different hosts over the years and we've talked about all kinds of different things, but mostly millennials and then social media. So yeah, here we are. I'm glad to be with you. I know. I, I, I just love it. All right. So you and I, I think met on Twitter. I, it's possible that we met elsewhere, but we definitely, I, I definitely came to know you um, through Chris Martin 17 on Twitter um, neither you nor I are going to pay for a blue check. You can talk about that here in a minute. Um, but I also want to talk with you about YouTube. So let's start with Twitter and then talk about YouTube. What What is going on at Twitter and why should we care? Oh, my goodness. Uh, to answer what is going on at Twitter, I would basically have to be glued to my Twitter timeline and have <laughs> notifications on for Elon Musk's tweets because he's basically changing how the platform runs as he tweets about it. I mean – yeah, it's 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 really wild. We haven't seen a, a collective group of people hang on the word 
the every word of someone's tweets like this since President Trump was on the platform and you and you wondered if he was going to like launch us into war with a tweet or something. And like that's like Twitter employees are finding out about uh, changes to their platform based on what Elon Musk is tweeting, not he. He owned the he owned Twitter for two weeks before he even emailed the Twitter employees. So all kinds of craziness is going on at Twitter. And for a long time, like by a long time in the in the realm of this (laughs) conversation, I mean, like 10 days of the last 16 since he bought it, since he officially bought it. um, I I haven't really said a whole lot. I've kind of withheld judgment, just kind of like wanting to watch and see what's going on. How are things progressing? I didn't want to like, there are a lot of people who just assumed as soon as he got it, that it was going to turn into a, you know, like extremist website that all kinds of terrible people are going to get to say whatever they wanted. And, and there was some reason to believe that because he has a very open view and, and I would say warped view of what like freedom of speech means on the internet. Um, and so he, there, there are a lot of people who are just kind of like proclaiming doom ever since the deal closed, or even once he said he wanted to buy it. I was kind of withholding judgment because I was like, hey, this guy's run successful businesses like maybe this maybe this will work even if it changes and and people don't like the new version of it. Well, I mean, in the last five, I mean, really like this past work week has just been a total train wreck, even from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, all I mean, they they let go half the staff, which I, I don't know well enough to know whether that was good or not. But if we take him at his word, they're hemorrhaging millions of dollars every day so so some layoffs and tech layoffs are happening like crazy right now so that's some amount of layoffs was probably to be expected and maybe necessary but beyond that all of his top security people have left and when it comes to i don't know everything that goes around like fcc regulations um when it comes to social media but a lot of the like privacy regulations that top security people used to be in charge of now individual engineers are in charge of kind of self-policing whenever they introduce new code or new features, kind of self-policing with regard to the, the FCC and, and making sure they're in line with government regulations. And so, like, people are like, oh, is he going to save the business? Are people going to pay $8 a month to get a blue check mark? You know, could, could this end up working? I'm like, man, if this site isn't hacked to death by Christmas, it'll be shocking to me. Or if the FCC doesn't find it billions of dollars and send it in bankruptcy by Valentine's Day, I'll be surprised. Um, so there, there are so many. When he first took over and bought it, there were a lot of there's a lot of hand wringing and concerns about, oh no, are are terrible so, people going to get to say whatever they want? And now, and now it's actually like no, the the actual financial survival of the platform. Musk himself yesterday said in an employee meeting, this company could be bankrupt in mm-hmm. 2023 and, and and I think that's very possible based on what he's doing. So the Federal Trade Commission I guess has issued issued a formal warning after the departure of a number of uh, trust and safety executives from Twitter. So um, I guess the security officers that you're talking about, you know, has something to do with that. And when you when you say hacked to death, you you mean like by hackers. Um, That's right. And and there's a uh, so I'm just saying like, right, be hacked to death by Christmas is a quite an image. Um, But I think that, um, you know, one has to wonder at some level, um, is he trying to kill it? Like, I I, I mean, you look at you look at the way that he has approached this and you say to yourself, huh, 
Um, if you were going in to take over something, is this the approach that you would take? Um, it's ve- I would I would imagine that for the employees, the whole thing is very demoralizing and a little bit terrifying. But their ad revenue is now in the tank, um, and you know, and he's got these executives who he needs um, who are quitting. So um, we talk about the. Yeah. I mean, we just talk about it from a business perspective. It's a, it's crazy. And then when we talk about it from a social media perspective, um, it's not as if Twitter's the only game in town. And so I think that's important to remember as well. Um, yeah. So on yeah, the... And, and it's, it, it is kind of crazy. It is crazy that like, I mean, I just saw something this morning that like in that meeting last night, apparently he told employees like everybody has to return to the office. There's no more work from home, which they had had a pretty work from home atmosphere ever since COVID. Everybody has to return to the office. If you don't return to the office, your resignation is accepted and you should, you should expect to work 80 hours a week. uh, And like, or you can leave. And in this environment, uh, like he needs his employees, I think more than the employees need Twitter. I mean, the people who are mm-hmm. working at Twitter have skill sets that are such that they'll be able to find new work that doesn't require them or to create, work 80 hours a week. Or create work. Uh, like, they're creators. Right. That's what they are. So, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really, it's going to be really interesting. I He seems to be, like, leading, he thinks he's leading from a position of power and, like, <laughs> where he, he holds the cards. And, like, Twitter is not a major social media platform in terms of like revenue or like market share. I mean, it's very influential, but it's, it's like bark is bigger than its bite, if you will. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. I just don't, uh, yeah, I don't really see where he's going here. And I, I say this as someone who loves Twitter. I mean, it's my favorite social media platform and, uh, I just hate to see it going this way and, and whether or not he's actually trying to kill it, man, I've theorized that, but $44 billion to just then go kill something. That's, um, that's a big uh, that's a big price to pay to just kill something. So so I don't know. I, we'll just have to see. I'm really interested. I don't know. It's all that. about perspective. I, I wonder. I mean, people pay a lot of money to go hunt um, particular, uh, you know, particular big game that there's no value in doing it other than just the experience. So I, I don't know. I, sure. I, people are people with a lot of money are a little bit crazy. So. Um, all right. We're going to talk with Chris Martin in a minute about another social media platform. It's called. YouTube, you're definitely familiar with it. Um, Chris, in his uh, in his latest Substack here, says we need more good Christian YouTube content. Can someone make some? So when we come back, Chris Martin is going to tell me if I were going to launch a YouTube channel, what would I be doing there? Like what what in the world? I could probably create some good Christian YouTube content. But I'm going to ask Chris to explain to me, like, what would that look like? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of what we do on live radio every day. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you at MyFaithRadio.com. Right now, we're inviting you to share your Faith Radio story. What do you love about Faith Radio? What do you love about Mornings with Carmen? How has this program changed the way you think or the way you live, the way you engage others in the conversations of the day? We really do want to hear from you. Your story could encourage someone else and certainly glorify God. So share what you love about Faith Radio by calling 877-933-2484 and leave us a message today. Again, thanks for listening.
All right, Chris Martin is with us. He is an editor for Moody Press, a social media consultant. You can find him on his Terms of Service Substack, or you can find him on um, Twitter at Chris Martin 17, as long as Twitter persists, which some have suggested, Chris, maybe it is um, Musk's act of benevolence for us all. Uh, yeah, yeah. In some degree, maybe we will all owe him thanks in the end. We'll have mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, YouTube. <clears throat> it's the biggest, I mean, right, this is the biggest thing out there in terms of uh, how people are consuming social media, um, particularly in emerging generations. Uh, talk with us about um, video and how it kills radio. Mm-hmm. And since you're talking on the radio and you're inviting people to create content on YouTube instead, um, what would that look like? Yeah, uh, yeah. YouTube is the biggest social media platform in the world, and it's not really close. They blow even Facebook out of the water. Um, and the, the, the weird thing is, is a lot of people don't think about YouTube as a social media platform. Um, in fact, I didn't for a long time, even as I worked in social media, I kind of thought of it as a repository for video content, not a social media platform, but it really is. There are cultures there. There are, there are, um, fandoms there. There are, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of, there's like inter YouTuber drama that happens. I mean, it, it is really a social media platform, not just a repository for video. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, I wrote this article about a year ago, uh, just over a year ago, and um, I reran it at the. For, I wrote it for Lifeway Research. Reran it at the newsletter, and it. Um, my point is basically, evangelicals in particular, Christians generally, but evangelicals in particular, just don't do a ton of content on YouTube. I mean, churches do, you know, uh, uh, smaller ministries or or people trying to address a very specific group of people. There's plenty of that, but there's not a ton of kind of broad made to be consumed by anybody Christian YouTube content. I know this because there was a student in my youth group in the last year who um, is an evangelical. She grew up in a, I think in a Methodist church, but is um, considering like if she wants to be uh, to kind of convert to Catholicism, like become a Catholic. And so she's been watching a ton of Catholic YouTube content. And I've tried to find good evangelical sort of counterpoints and counter content but it's been incredibly difficult. Like um, the cat, like influencers within the Catholic church are just, just really waxing the floor with evangelicals when it comes to, you know, questions that kind of separate the two groups uh, when it comes to matters of theology or church history, things like that. And so I've noticed a need for more good evangelical Christian content on YouTube. Now for you, uh, like if, uh, if we want to talk like a little social media consultation here with, with an audience, um, and, and I would say this, I've said this to other folks in radio, uh, like for, for Christian radio, if you were to get into YouTube, first of all, I think it's a no brainer that Christian radio should be in YouTube should be, I think every Christian radio program, barring ones that have like copyrighted music that they would have to, uh, dance around. I think the first question should be like, can your radio show be live broadcast on YouTube? If so, I would definitely consider it. If it can't at the very minimum, Every Christian radio program, really, I would say every radio program, but Christian radio program should have three or four cameras in the studios in which they're recording uh, and video content. The entire uh, show, three or four hour show or however long the show is, should be captured via those cameras at different angles. If a, if a, uh, if there's a radio show that has multiple hosts or even has in, in studio guests, have a wide shot 
have a close up on each host, go between the two, like really run it like a TV broadcast um, and then take that recorded video and post it, post the whole show to YouTube, just like you would take the podcast um, and post it to a, you know, or take the audio and post it to a podcast platform, take the whole video, touch it up, edit it as, as needed, post it to YouTube in its, in its longest form, and then take that video and find a solid, I mean, it's going to depend on the show or the week or, or whatever, find three or four or six 10 to 15 minute clips, you know, like these, like our conversations, right? Like our conversation Mm -hmm. could be its own 15 minute clip that then you run on a separate channel or on a playlist within your YouTube channel. Um, And those are like clips from Carmen's show. And those are individual segments that people may want to watch. If they don't want to watch the whole three hour show, which is likely uh, or a three hour program or four or two or whatever. um, If, if they don't want to watch the whole thing, which is understandable and likely they might just, watch those 10 or 15 minute segments with different guests or when you're talking about a specific topic. And then from those 10 or 15 minute segments, those four or five that you create, create 10 TikTok videos slash Instagram reels that are 30 seconds to two minutes and 30 seconds long and post those to short form social media platforms. And so I think uh, that's my short shorthanded uh if i were doing radio how i would do youtube strategy um and i think and really how i would do video strategy and i know you may be opposed to video and all of that and i get that like i'm this is not saying that uh, no if you don't I, i'm not opposed to video bad, but, but if we were doing this right now live yeah on youtube <clears throat> everyone would know that because because i broadcast from a studio that's you know the hundred yards from my house and I come out here at five in the morning, um, I'm in my robe and slippers. But maybe sure. YouTube doesn't care. Yeah, I would say, I would say, here's, <laughs> without speaking out of line, I would say your bosses would care about that more than the. Uh, if I get a Face Radio logoed robe, I don't think hey, it's going to matter. I got to have the logo I, I, on I, and I, I'm going to be think- doing my thing. I think Having, YouTube audiences would yeah. find that would make you unique. I think it would be funny. I think it would be. I think from a YouTube uh, content strategy perspective, it's brilliant. Now, whether they're not, or not in, your I mean, my robes like are that, not. You know. my robes are not inappropriate. They're very, very, yeah, cozy and colorful and diverse, and I have a whole lineup of them. And all, all I really need to do is get them monogrammed with the logo, and I feel like we're ready to go. I think it sounds like a fun experiment, if you were to ask me. But uh, I feel like a fun experiment is something we need in the world today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we should buy a social media platform and experiment with it. <laughs> um, so um, this sounds like a job. So let me just say that. Yeah. Like, it sounds like. Um, I would say, like, it, if you were it, to do this, you would need to hire somebody to handle a video, person. Sure. Right. Because they, you have to have yeah. like a video person who takes. I mean, you know, it's one thing for me now, to, to be push clear, a button to be clear, like go live yeah, like, on YouTube. They, it's another thing yeah. for. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I like, can't they, do they all of be this. Like, it's not like they'd be in a TV studio, like running a camera, right? And like panning no, no. it left and right. But no, like, they don't you, have you to be have, up at five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have stationary. Mm-hmm. But then you, what you really need as much as anything is like a video editor and somebody who that's can chop what I'm it saying, up like, and right? make it appropriate. It's right. the chop mm-hmm. up person. It's this 15, it's these three to four, 10 to 15 minute clips. And then out of that, these 10, 30 right. second to two minute reels and blah, blah, blah. Like, right. I, I took notes. Can you tell? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's great, and 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 I think it's uh, I think that would be wise, and then I'm trying to encourage some other people who are in radio to work on that, but we'll see. I love it. 
I love it. Okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and tell people that the wolf in your pocket, the wolf in their pocket, the wolf in your pocket. The wolf I should in their know pockets, the title. Yes. The wolf in their pockets. There's a wolf in their pockets, and in in no time, in some short time. When's the book coming March. out? Because March. We have to wait till March, but I can go <laughs> ahead do. and tell you it is really good. I've already been talking about it. I have a friend named Hannah who um, has this thing called Filter First, which I totally want you to check out, filterfirst.org. Um, and, uh, and I told her, I'm like, okay, I, I, you, I know you can hardly wait for this book to come out, but there, your book is coming. I'm mean, like, Hannah, the book you need is coming out and it's called the wolf in their pockets. So anyway, um, I'm going to connect the two of you, but, um, in the meantime, awesome. you can check out filterfirst.org and I have her checking out you. Um, and I want to put the two of you together in some sort of collaborative thing. So, um, thank you as always for the delightful conversation Eight faithful years of service here from Chris Martin as once upon a time, our millennial Christian. Now, now, just our all things social media um, content consultant, wise man um, of all things digital. Thank you, sir. Sure. Thanks for having me. Just love it. Absolutely. Um, you're listening to Mornings with Carbon. I'm Carbon LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. I love the happy patriotic music. Thank you, Paul. Um, That is so wonderful. Um, Thank you to all of you who are on the text line this morning who think it, you know, that, yeah, this is definitely a good idea for Carmen to go live on YouTube (laughs) during the show. Ah, ah, ah. All right. I'll run it up the ladder. How's that? Or the flagpole or whatever it is. We need to run it up and see what happens. How does that sound? Oh, yes, I will absolutely keep you posted. Thank you to everybody texting in. Remember, you can text in as well. Uh, 877-933-2484 is the number. You can text me. Um, and yeah, it's Veterans Day. Let's be sure and honor those who have served uh, in the United States military and all of its branches and their families as well. Uh, we got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. If you have not downloaded the Faith Radio app, uh, today's a good day to do that. Also, it'd be great if you would go to MyFaithRadio.com and sign up to join us in our Reading Through the Bible Together Advent series. We talked yesterday with Angie Smith about that. If you missed that conversation, uh, you can go back and listen to it um, either at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you download your podcasts. So yeah, it would be great if you would subscribe to Mornings with Carmen as a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, that is a, a blessing and benefit to us and a great way for you to then become a missionary of the program and share it with others, which maybe eventually you'll be able to do on YouTube as well. Who knows? All right. We got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.